This is the IBM Cloud Podcast with Dan Bettinger, covering capabilities, methods, and discoveries to help you cloud better. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the IBM Cloud Podcast. This is Dan. If you work in a regulated industry and want to move to the public cloud, but have concerns about compliance and controls, then this episode is for you. Joining me today is Marshall Babin, Cloud Compliance Officer at IBM. Marshall, welcome to the show. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Well, thank you very much, Dan, for uh, bringing me here on the show. I have 20 years of experience working in the information security and risk management field. Uh, Much of my concentration uh, in that span of time has been in governance, risk, and compliance, and audit readiness. I like passing audits, and I like enabling teams, organizations, and stakeholders to do the same. Uh, I actually rejoined IBM in March of this year, and prior to that, for five years, I worked at Wells Fargo. And in my time with Wells Fargo, I had the opportunity to develop and manage third-party compliance and continuous monitoring programs for the firm, which was an excellent experience, a great team that I had to manage, and a lot to see around the space of risk that is constantly evolving in a uh, outsourced environment, uh, in third parties, fourth parties, and the third party outsources to a another provider. Uh, eventually, you call them nth parties because even the fourth party can outsource. Before joining Wells, I was with IBM for 17 years. Um, some highlights in my history there. Uh, I started working in a data center, uh, performing administration for a call center uh, back in the Windows, uh, actually OS2 and then Windows days, uh, and had the opportunity to move into IBM corporate audit which gave me the opportunity to live out of a suitcase for 46 weeks a year for over three years. Uh, I was young, I was single, but uh, the travel didn't bother me at all, but it gave me a fantastic opportunity to see IBM's global landscape from a services perspective, both internally, externally, and with their partners as an auditor. fantastic experience that really shaped my uh, career in information security, governance, uh, and risk management. Uh, From there, I moved into the second line of defense, supporting the service operations around what was known as Global Technology Services, or GTS, uh, now Kendrel, and supported the audit readiness efforts of multiple clients, cross-sector, public, financial, industrial, healthcare, to name a few, and supported the team's efforts to drive consistent risk management and audit readiness, as well as contract currency, security definitions, et cetera. Then came regulatory compliance where things started to get very interesting, uh, particularly in the space of uh, FFIEC for financial services clients, uh, ran programs to ensure FFIEC compliance for IBM's commitments as a service provider supporting a regulated client, and moved into program management where I deployed continuous monitoring programs to oversee activities of IBMers 
in regulated environments for continuous assurance and compliance. In my current role, I support tactical and strategic efforts uh, related to IBM's financial services cloud offering, particularly in the space of compliance and regulatory adherence. So thanks again for having me. You have an extensive background in this space, and that's why I was excited to have you come on and and share what you've uh, seen and learned and what you currently do. Um, It seems that there are a number of regulated industries or clients in regulated industries who would love to adopt public cloud, but they're somewhat blocked because of of concerns around compliance, Mm -hmm. controls. There are SOCs and PCI, and if you're in healthcare, there's HIPAA. Mm -hmm. What have you seen? when it comes to cloud adoption and compliance for these types of regulated industries? Definitely true that there has been reservation in all regulated environments for largely the reason of span of control, the concern that you may have vendor lock-in. If I move my regulated workload over to the cloud, how do I assure I'm able to demonstrate to my regulators that I'm maintaining the same level of compliance and adherence that I may have invested millions of dollars and years and resources in developing and keeping the regulators and our auditors satisfied, does that introduce risk? And up until recently, what I have observed in the adoption of cloud has been tipping toes in the water, so to speak. Obviously, core central workloads, core banking workloads, core financial or healthcare applications or systems, high risk are usually the last to go. And the numbers are increasing. Uh, A few years ago, at least in financial services, we were 16, maybe 20% of regulated workloads had been moved to cloud. And in in many cases for the larger tier banks, they had developed their own hybrid multi-cloud strategy with much of the workloads still on-premise. That has since evolved to where cloud service providers have enabled more control for institutions to oversee and manage their workloads with assurances that security and compliance requirements that come from the firm by virtue of their own policies and the overriding regulations are still being adhered to. As these programs to drive regulatory compliance have become more visible to parties interested in moving their regulated workloads, we're seeing more adoption over time. But this is fairly recent that we're seeing this increase in adoption of cloud in high-risk workloads because of that concern, again, of loss of control and need for continuous monitoring and oversight and assurance that the data is protected in the same manner that it would be protected as if it were on-premise. What challenges do regulated industries have when they adopt public cloud? So there has been and continues to be for some institutions, depending on their size and scale, uh, a skills challenge. Cloud is foreign to an institution that has largely operated on premise. And in fact, for many 
financial institutions, community banks, they're having to shift from thinking as a community bank to a data services provider. Data is money, money is data. Therefore, moving into cloud requires a bridging skill set. And and it's been a, a difficult bridge for many institutions to embark on, of course, incurs risk because you have to bring on new staff and develop new programs with trust that uh, these folks will be able to to work it out with your service provider of choice. That skill gap is narrowing partly because there's, of course, more interest in the fields, educational development, certification programs over the last five years at least, have accelerated exponentially when it comes to cloud adoption. But also service providers are enabling cloud adoption capabilities that are much more user-friendly, much more easy to do. You don't have to learn, say, Kubernetes at, at a college level, so to speak, Uh, You can spin up an instance using tiles and templates and pre-configured rule sets. And prior to that, organizations, if they wanted to get into cloud, would largely have to develop their own cloud expertise at a level that would be similar to that of the service provider as if they were standing up the uh, containers and workloads themselves. That's changed. So... Cloud is now easier to adopt because of the evolution of the technologies of enabling containers and workloads and uh, programs of compliance and assurance in the space of this context. And there's more interest in people joining this field of study and profession. But there's still a a skills challenge out there, no doubt. I think that security and compliance in general there's a, a skills shortage. You mentioned skills shortage, and I think that's that's an overarching concern of anybody who's trying to adopt public cloud. A few episodes ago, I actually interviewed Janie Byrne, who runs the IBM Center for Cloud Training, and we talk about some of the capabilities and ways to help shrink or reduce that gap in skills and increase people's proficiency in adopting these new methodologies. What's IBM's point of view around cloud adoption for regulated industries? And what have we done to help clients make that move? So good question. And in addition to making the interfaces and tools and technologies that enable cloud capabilities easier on the administrator, developer, product program manager, the involved stakeholder, I should say, IBM is also providing skills development boot camps to leverage the tools, uh, as you mentioned, uh, to, to bridge that gap. But more broadly, it's not just about getting into cloud. When you're talking about a regulated workload, it's about understanding where the data is flowing within the workload in current state on-prem, off-prem, third-party, fourth-party, who are the ecosystem partners that 
an institution is working with, or I should say in contract with, to support those workloads. And how do you move that workload to, cl- to the cloud while maintaining that relationship? The traditional model of driving compliance and risk management had been through contract. You do an audit, you do an assessment, you get periodic updates on the security posture. Then the regulators say, no, you need to continuously monitor what your third and fourth parties are doing. So that puts more overhead on the data owner, the institution, to oversee their vendors through their contracts. What IBM's position is on addressing that, as well as providing the security assurances that we know the regulators need, and I I will talk about how we know that, is to rein that in to one common framework. You can still use your service provider on AWS or Google, or excuse me, uh, AWS or Azure or, or Google Cloud or Alibaba or what have you. But wouldn't it be nice if instead of having to work through the vendor to constantly drive commonality and controls, you could have that done natively by virtue of moving that cloud instance into one regulated cloud environment. And when we say regulated, under a, a control framework at the IaaS layer, at the infrastructure layer, and then up into the platform and software layer through one lens. So you're, you're essentially taking a disparate set of outsourced services that spread across a multi-cloud and sometimes on-prem environment, and then using a risk-based approach, because the regulators always want a risk-based approach, selecting workloads that have opportunity to move into cloud along with the ecosystem partner or third party, what have you, so that everything is contained under one umbrella, rather than having to rely on the service provider to independently manage compliance and risk. It is all done through one common cloud framework. Okay. So I'm not an expert in this space, but based on what you just said, I'm fairly intrigued, Marshall. (laughs) Um, How does the FS control framework work effectively? Like what does it do? So, Frameworks are everywhere in IT, or at least they should be. (laughs) But what IBM has done is built a risk council of industry experts, as well as through their acquisition of Promontory, a consulting firm with expertise in the space of regulations, compliance, and controls. And through this committee of experts qualified all of the regulations and standards, guidelines, and principles that a financial institution globally, not just in the U.S., but across the world would have to adhere to and look for commonality. 
most of the standards and frameworks root back to or point back to NIST and ISO standards. For instance, the FFIEC isn't prescriptive and doesn't say your configuration setting must be X, Y, or Z. But what they do say is that you, we can leverage ISO or NIST standards or any other common standards that align to the protections that are needed around the risks that you're needing to manage and expect those to be enforced. So when you're looking across the entire landscape of regulated institutions globally, you start to see patterns and you start to see, okay, this control would work pretty much across the board. And what IBM did, uh, along with their partners and through support from Promontory, is build a framework that meshes across these global standards, regulations, and guidelines. And there may be nuances. Some come from institutions through their own internal policies, because perhaps they have a different bar that they have chosen to meet for their uh, risk tolerance. Uh, But the good thing is it's not fixed. There's opportunity for tweaking and customization to fine-tune the framework to meet the client's needs, as well as get any ecosystem partners aligned to that framework as well. And so the traditional model, again, is you get a contract, you say, okay, I, I expect you to follow my policies or controls because I am regulated. And now by virtue of you having my data, you're regulated as well. And the IBM approach is we've got a framework that will cover pretty much every regulation. We will do a gap analysis of your control expectations. And if there's any changes or fine tuning that needs to be made, we'll make that change for your instance, which is secured specifically for your instance. And then any ecosystem partners that you choose to bring in, we will validate that they are aligning to that as well. So it takes away the burden of having to work directly with your vendors that are in different cloud environments or different frameworks and manage risks and differentiating controls and put them all together into one common standard. You had mentioned reduce the burden, and that's usually a good thing for people. You mentioned ecosystem partners. Can you talk more about the partner ecosystem associated with the framework and the IBM cloud for financial services? And do you have a couple of examples of maybe some of the ecosystem partners who are participating with IBM? Certainly. This is an area I'm very excited about because it's growing fast. We have over 100 ecosystem partners who are on board with IBM in this model, in this approach of aligning to the FS Cloud framework in a manner that client workloads and services that the client outsources to the ecosystem partners are merged into. Uh, the IBM Financial Services Cloud with the capability of providing continuous monitoring, assurance, and oversight through a single pane of glass. And we have various, and some of our ecosystem partners actually provide these 
panes of glass. If you have additional security functions, we've got partners in app modernization, contact center communications, core applications, cybersecurity, data and AI. Some of the cybersecurity ones I'm very excited about. Cabionics that provides a very uh, detailed uh, view into the health of the control environment. Tanium, which provides similar data, but also risk analytics and threat intelligence. And there's also linkage into some IBM security services, uh, as well as additional that could be added on. Uh, and I'll, I'll make sure to provide reference to the ecosystem partners that we have today, which is available on our public site. But one thing I do want to mention is that our goal is to provide our clients a means of leveraging existing or adopting new ecosystem partners without having to go through the challenge of getting them aligned to their own policies and standards and driving their own oversight and governance. And in some cases, they may have their own tools and technologies to do this, which we can still leverage but provide an easy way of getting things under one common umbrella. I'll save the vision I have for the end, but the ecosystem partner list is growing and growing rapidly. And I'm, I'm very excited to see that because it opens up a lot of opportunity for our clients and IBM as well. It's interesting to have the idea of the framework. We have the IBM Cloud for Financial Services, and then ecosystem partners, all within this regulated industry space, all working together. This gives clients the ability to confidently examine and look at public cloud as a landing place for their workloads. Do you have examples, Marshall, of clients doing this today? Yes. Yes, we do. And our list is growing. We do have a uh, list of case studies available on our public site. I'm ex very excited about all of them, but some that really jump out at me to show that the value that this brings is real. Uh, an example would be BNP Paribas. They were able to resolve 200 compliance requirements through adoption into the IBM public cloud and are now on the journey of moving workloads into the financial services cloud. Our clients are moving to the FS cloud model because they see the value of having their ecosystem partners, having their workloads, having their CI, CD pipelines all under that common control framework. And, and again, it, it, it's the span of control. What I'm saving the, the, the point that I think is most resonant to me for last, but just imagine how much easier it would be to be able to deploy and oversee anything in your environment, whether it be coming from your own people or from your outsource partners knowing that everyone is under the same set of rules and standards and you have a means of demonstrating that across the board. You don't have to pick up the phone and call the vendor and ask for this and that. It's, it's much more transparency uh, around the controls within the operating environment.
Now, you probably should still pick up the phone and call them if you're going to be auditing them. But uh, the point being, uh, BMP, Paribras, Cicero, there's several on the site that I'll send. Uh, Luminar Bank, Banco Sanadel, ERI Bank Care, Asteria, Royal Bank of Scotland. And our first client, who we're still very much in deep partnership with and have a great relationship with uh, Bank of America uh, was our first client in FS Cloud, and and we've continued to evolve the framework uh, from there. Yeah, and just the other day, I think we announced Kasha as well as being part of this, which is wonderful. So it seems like this is gaining traction, and it's really helpful to clients. So. I've got a question, Marshall. If, if I'm a listener and I'm an IT director in a regulated industry, mm-hmm. like what advice do you have for them as they approach public cloud? So depending on the size of your organization, you may or may not have a committee or a center of excellence focused on cloud. If you don't, I strongly recommend assembling one. The decisions around moving to cloud start with your assets, your people, process, and technology, and ultimately data. You have to be assured that you understand what you're getting into for any outsourcing, not just cloud. But with a cloud center of excellence, you're able to drive decision-making at the highest levels of the business, the CISO, the CIO, and many times the CEO, which I've seen in the larger institutions. I highly recommend this because what you don't want is independent lines of businesses with good intention contracting into a cloud arrangement for a particular workload and there not be commitment at all layers of the business up to the top because it changes how risk is managed in a good way, but you have to adjust your lens to focus on cloud at the highest levels of the business on down. So that's step one. Make sure you have a a center of excellence, key decision makers, and, and a gate on decisioning around workloads that go to cloud. And and IBM can help with that. We have one ourselves, of course, through the development of our framework. But beyond that is understand what cloud can provide. There's so much that can be done, not only in IBM public cloud, but now with the announcement of IBM cloud satellite, You can dip your toes into the water, so to speak, by having an on-premise cloud in a box with the financial services framework built in. It gives an opportunity for those who are risk-averse and are gradually adjusting their tolerance to cloud to start putting workloads locally into their environment and then linking into the IBM public cloud to expand their workloads and capabilities from there. Some institutions may choose that route. Some may choose to go all in and 
Start with workloads where you're going to get the most benefit, but have the least risk. Prove the model. Test the model. I generally recommend start with workloads where you can clearly show the value you will get, whether it be uh, increase of operational efficiency, effectiveness, resiliency, availability through zoning and geolocations, improving your development operations to be more secure and controlled. Look for where your need is and what cloud can provide and work from there. And we're always here to help identify that, but there is definitely a look, look within and consult among these key stakeholders on what is best strategically for the business to, to realize the most gains out of cloud. Yeah, it's great that you mentioned satellite. And I, I did an episode where I spoke with Brianna Frank from that team. And for those who don't know, that effectively is a capability IBM Cloud provides to extend IBM Cloud services into your on-premises-based data center, edge, or even other clouds. And what I'm hearing here, Marshall, is that I, I believe that um, the FS controls framework is now extended into that world, right? That's correct. And that's okay. something we have been very excited about because now we can provide cloud on-prem to build to a certain scale and then expand to cloud or provide FS cloud on-prem zones in other locations that provide market expansion without having to stand up an entirely new data center. Uh, it's very powerful and exciting for us because uh, we know our clients need it and we see the value in uh, providing as much flexibility and agility as possible because there's no one-size-fit-all solution for everyone. But we do firmly believe that a common framework can and should be the basis for which solutions are built in regulated environments, not just for financial services, but any uh, industry that wants commonality and controls and wants that additional assurance that everything that is expected is actual. So Marshall, I've got to ask you a question. Where is this model going? Like what's next in its evolution? If we think back to the 90s and 2000s when it was data centers everywhere, and in many cases, it was just one data center and a backup site. One thing that a CIO or CISO had was span of control within the walls of their business, within the walls of their data center. And as outsourcing continued down its path and then cloud was introduced, complexity increased, security and risk considerations broadened, regulatory oversight and mandates increased. Uh, and for those who follow the news, the recent uh, White House uh, committee meeting uh, that IBM attended on expanding the cybersecurity regulations just came out. Uh, this path we're on clearly shows that we've got to do more to standardize and secure our environments back to that level 
or as close to that level of where our span of control is like it was when we had full control over the data center using our own staff and employees in-house, where we had our own systems to monitor and assure things were correct and operating as expected. To get there, we firmly believe you have to start with a common framework. And so I think where we're going through the expansion of our ecosystem partners, through the adoption of more clients progressively over time is moving that risk tolerance closer to that point where assurance is as if you were still there managing the data center locally. Of course, we know that's not the case, but through technologies that we have around encryption, through technologies we have around controlling CICD pipelines and tool chains and assurances and automation, it's actually more secure than it would could have ever been in the 90s and 2000s because we didn't have that technology today. So I think the needle is moving closer and closer towards cloud actually being seen as the more secure option. If those assurances and controls and technologies are in place and you have a trusted service provider who's with you through your cloud journey end to end. I think that it's really interesting to see the direction IBM's taking as it pertains to helping clients adopt public cloud and cloud in general. I want to thank you for your time. This is a great place to wrap it up. Thanks to all the listeners, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.